and welcome to Galley Stories, stories of the Bering Sea and beyond, hosted by Mark Kaler. My name is Penka Jane, podcast deckhand and longtime listener. We'd thank you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Here's today's catch. Hey guys, welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories, stories of the Bering Sea and beyond. I am your host, Mark Kaler. You're going to hear a lot of noise in the background today. We're actually out on location in uh, St. Paul, Alaska, up where the crab fleet's currently doing business. And today we have uh, one of the long-standing captains in the fleet, uh, Captain Rick Shelford, and uh, he's the captain of the Aleutian Lady. Rick, how are you today? I'm doing amazing. Just enjoying the uh, beautiful, cold, brisk weather up here in St. Paul and en- enjoying the ice in the harbor and, it's, and it's, the uh, easterly wind that's uh, a bit frigid. Yeah, it's kind of odd to see salt water out, and a lot of people don't realize that it does freeze. That's how cold it is. Yeah, once you hit 20 degrees, it starts freezing on the boat and everywhere. So we got ice all over the boat, the bow, the stern, the whole deck's frozen. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit chilly out. Okay, um, well, Rick, let's get right into it. Where were you born, and what first brought you into the industry? So I was born in Seattle. I grew up there. Um, I've been in the industry my whole life. My uh, grandfather's both uh, fished up here in the Bering Sea, my mom's dad and my dad's dad. All my uncles have fished up here in the Bering Sea and I'm the uh, third generation up here uh, doing uh, crabbing and codfish and and all that. My uh, grandparents, my uh, mom's dad came to uh, the, the US from Norway when he was 19, couldn't speak a word of English and started doing halibut in Kodiak and then my dad's dad grew up in Homer, Alaska and started fishing as a young man and all my uncles have done the same thing our whole lives. So I got into fishing when I was nine years old, started working on the boats and have been fishing pretty much ever since for the most part. What was your first experience at at nine? I mean, obviously at nine you didn't have a lot of responsibility on the boat, but what was your first experience out at sea? You know, my first experience out at sea was uh, throwing up all over the wheelhouse of the Polar Lady. <laughs> that, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, when I was young, I mean, it was more just cleaning the deck, cleaning parts, helping out, running around. I really didn't start working out on deck until I was 15, um, t- doing the bait. Um, stacking pots but um at my first full season i fished when i was 15 uh one of our deck cans was helping me out and chopped off seven and a half of his fingers and that was kind of an eye-opener as a 15 year old kid having blood all over me and was holding that, him was that uh, through the block or was that through the the bait chopper or no that was uh chopping the uh heads off a of codfish on a guillotine header so it, uh, yeah, we uh, scooped up his fingers, put them on ice, put tourniquets on his arm to uh, minimize the blood flow, and uh, we had him on the boat for four hours on our way to to Akatan to have him medevaced out. But for four hours, I had one arm on me holding his tourniquet and blood all over from pretty much arms down, and it, that was my first real wow, this is a pretty hardcore industry when I was 15. So that was my, uh, yeah, my first full uh, trip was uh, that one. Okay. And you obviously had to move into the wheelhouse at some point. Can you fill us in a little bit briefly about from that first experience at 15 working Mm -hmm. on deck, 
to, to getting into the wheelhouse? I mean, mm -hmm. what, what were some of the experiences you had? What what uh, what brought you there? Well, I got to be honest, man. After the uh, fingers got cut off and I was 15, I was kind of soured on fishing. I swore to my old man. He's like, son, you're going to be fisherman. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want any part of this. I'm going to go do my own thing. And, and when I was a senior in high school, all my friends were we're going on a uh, cruise after graduation. And I asked my parents, hey man, mind if I go on this trip? My old man's like, no, you're not going on that. So he, he came up to me, he goes, I got you a plane ticket, son. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I get to go on this uh, trip with all my buddies. And it was a freaking trip to Dutch Harbor three days after my graduation. <laughs> so I started fishing then full time and I never looked back since. I mean, I started off doing bait, um, being on the boat with my uncles, my grandpa, my dad, and learning as I went. I mean, being, being an owner's son or the grandson or nephew of the captain was always rough. I mean, people always say, oh, it's easy. Man, my family is not easy. They are hard as hell on family. So it was get paid less, got to work more and work harder to work your way up. Um, anytime I was supposed to be sleeping, it was helping the chief in the engine room. So I was pretty much a deckhand till I was 21. And then the chief got injured and had to go home. And so we were in St. Paul. It was actually the week after my 21st birthday here in St. Paul. So right here where we're at. Right here. I had my 21st birthday right here. <laughs> And so the, the chief had to fly home and I get, hey, you're gonna be the chief. I'm like, okay, well, I know how to do some of this stuff. So went on and I started chiefing when I was 21. And Which boat was that? Tyolution Lady. Oh, the same uh, one, yeah, same, same one you boat, have right here. Same okay. boat. Right. So I started chiefing her when I was 21 and kind of on and off chief and deck. There was one other chief who would come up and we would rotate after that. And I started off uh, being a mate on the same boat when, we, when I was 23. I was 23 when I was being the mate and then did that for a couple of years and I got my first opportunity to run the boat when I was 25, I believe. I was, my uncle was running it at the time and he had to fly home and the relief captain had something going on so they voted that I get to take the boat out. And <laughs> here I am, 25. I mean, I've been out in crappy weather, been through it all by this point. I've been what what, um, what, was, what was the season? That was for codfish. Codfish. Yep, and you were recording from what? Uh, I was cod for three months at that time. So, so the uh, captain, well, my uncle had to fly home after the second trip. But what town were you in? Oh, Dutch Harbor. Dutch Harbor. Yeah, okay. I was in All Dutch right. Harbor. So your first time running a boat, you were taking it out of Dutch Harbor. It, it was in Dutch Harbor. And here I am. I'm telling my uncle, my old man, I'm like, you know what? Why don't we have another guy fly up? He'll take it. And... I'll be his mate slash uh, a captain. And uh, I get the big old, you know, son, you gotta learn sometime. And I got all the confidence in the world in you. And here I am just scared shitless. Can I say that? Yeah. Uh, uh, it scared the wits out of me. Leave, go out and do the trip. And I gotta say, it was one of the worst trips ever. <laughs> we couldn't find cod for nothing. 
and that was probably my worst trip I've ever had in my whole life in terms of catching cod. I mean, the boat worked great. Hey, we had no problems, no issues. Uh, everybody was safe, so that was good. We just couldn't find any fish. How did that go for a 25-year-old mm -hmm. as a captain? Obviously, some of your crew were older than you were. Oh, yeah. How did, the, how did that sit, you going out and not finding the fish? I mean, was there yeah. some some razzing about uh, being the owner's son? Oh, yeah. Did you have to, yeah, how did that? You know, well, starting off, I mean, I worked with these guys my pretty much whole life, right? So, I mean, when I took over as a captain, it had been the uh, deckhands that I pretty much trained as the deck boss and the chief already. So the old guys who were the mate, relief captain, and chief when I was younger had already retired. So it, there wasn't too much of the looking down on me, hey, what's his problem? He can't find fish. He sucks. I mean, I had earned respect of my crew at the time okay. um, by training them. I mean, most of my main deckhands at that point, we had brought them on the boat when they were 18, I was in my early 20s, and I was teaching them how to be on deck. So, I mean, I was already their deck boss, and so... It was already there. Yeah. The, the command structure was already in place. Yeah, no, it was already there. So, I mean, there wasn't really any, hey, this kid's running the boat. I mean, afterwards, I mean, after I had gone, been a captain for about two years, after bringing in more deck hands and stuff, that happened on occasions. But, I mean, we always caught cod. We always caught crabs. So, I mean, minus that first trip, we've always done really, really well. I've been a very blessed person when it comes to finding a cod and crab. And so we've been very lucky. So, so Are those the main two species for you then, cod and crab? Yeah, cod and crab. Do you guys ten uh, tender in the summers? Yes. Yeah, we got <laughs> salmon tendering on three of our boats. And so, but, well, but my job now, I'm... The, the office manager for all of our boats and I come up here I'll do a couple crab trips and we'll spend a bit of time up here going through the boats so I mean summertime I'm down in our office running the management side of the um, the boats mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. alright so we've been doing this for a while obviously mm -hmm. um, what are and guys this this interview is going to feel like it's moving a little fast and we want to give Rick all the opportunity to share everything that he can, but he's also offloading crab right now. So, and he's got probably left, not not much time left to, before he's going to take off and uh, go check his pots again. But um, what was some of the uh, what what? Let's go with your your scariest experience. Can you recall your scariest experience at sea? Yeah. So I got to be honest. My scariest experience doesn't sound that scary, but but I got to put it into perspective. So. In 2012, I retired from fishing. I, me and my ex split up and I got custody of my children and I quit fishing. I'm just like, man, I'm stepping away. I'm focusing on my kids. I'll work in the office, manage our boats and do that kind of stuff. And then last year, uh, last opie season, my uncle smashed his finger and had to fly home. And we had ran through a bunch of relief captains who just sucked. I mean, they couldn't catch anything. They were hard on the boat and I'm like you know what I'm gonna fly up I'll do a trip it's been seven years since I've fished and and I miss it man I mean being on the Bering Sea is the most amazing job in the world so I'm like you know what I'm gonna go up there and I flew up got the boat ready we go out and we just have the best trip I mean our high pot had 12,000 crab in it keepers keepers 
And I mean, we filled the boat up in five and a half days and we come into St. Paul and I'm just sitting up there. I'm all excited. Yeah, this Wait, is good. 12,000? 1,200? 1,200, sorry. Okay, I yeah. was like, yeah, no, 1,200 crap. How big was the pot you were eating? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we decided not to take yeah. out 100 pots. Yeah. We just took one. Damn it, we just welded was, a bunch together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, 1,200 crap. And I mean, it was awesome. Crew was great, jumping up and down. And we're coming into St. Paul. We ended up being on anchor for five days. and. You got to remember, I hadn't ran a boat for seven years, right? I mean, I've been in this office in my small box being this caged person. And Ray's like, all right, time to come in and offload. And I'm like, man, it's blowing south, southeast 45. And we got these huge swells. I'm like, all right, I'll go check it out, but we'll see. And I nose my nose into the opening of the harbor. And there was these huge swells coming in. And I'm just like, you know what, screw this. I ain't going in there. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's calm now. So I'm like, all right, hey, calm down. I throw the throttles to the wood and I'm coming in. And all of a sudden there's a new set of waves coming just from broadside, coming from the starboard side. And I have my nose going for the starboard side of the, the inlet and lined up perfectly and then these waves pick up the boat this 15 foot swell and slides me over 20 feet closer to the port side and i'm like oh no oh no okay okay we're good hammer it down still next wave comes it's just slowly sliding us over to the port side on the breakwater and we made it in no problem hey man my crew was like man that was amazing you did a great job and i'm thinking up there Man, that was the most butt puckered I've ever been on this boat. When, and when he's talking about the breakwater guys, it is a series of just rocks. Yeah, it's rocks. Very, <laughs> very large boulders. Yep, hardcore. And I mean, I've been out in 30, 40, 50 foot seas and I, no butt pucker, no nothing. I mean, I'm happy as a clam. I mean, granted it sucks being on watch all day long and all night long, but I mean, that was probably the only time in my life I've been on a boat that I was actually like, holy crap, this might not have been a good idea. But hey, we made it in, no issues, got our crab offloaded. Granted, we came in to tie up to offload and we parting lines every hour. We had to put a new tie-up line out because the boat surging so hard it was well, popping all our tie-up lines. But we got our offloading done and, and yeah, made it all right. So that would probably be the most nervous I've been on the boat. I mean, I've had injuries, I've had waves come, we've had a window blown out before and and nothing like that. But well, granted, it could be being off from the Bering Sea for seven years. But I will say, coming up here on that trip, I mean, my soul, I mean, I've always been born to fish. I mean, I love being fishing. When I'm at home, I have a fishing pole. When I'm up here, I'm fishing. It, it's, it's always been part of me. And when I quit fishing, I thought, hey man, this is no problem. I'm doing it for my kids. And I didn't realize how much my soul was just not the same person I was. And after that trip, I'm coming up here, being on the sea again, man, it's like my soul got unchained. It's just like the joy of, of doing what I love to do came back out. And when I got home, I go to the office, everybody's like, man, you look happy. I'm like, man, you have no idea that that one trip actually showed me again how much I love fishing, how much I love just being out on the ocean, trying to find the fish, trying to find the crab. I mean, it's 
every day is a new experience. I mean, nothing's the same. It's, it's no matter what happens, if it's a bad day, a good day, you're always searching, you're always hunting, you're always trying to find better fish, and you're always trying to find a new place. Um, it's always just, it's always an adventure. And it, it, it was just the coolest thing coming up here and having that trip. It's like my soul and my own being just like exploded into who I was. I, I actually forgot that just kind of adventure joy that that I've always had, but it had been caged up being in the office. Well, seven years of it being tampered down and tampered down and yeah. to be let loose again. How old are your kids now? Uh, my oldest is 16, and so I got a 16-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old stepson, and my youngest daughter is 11. Okay, all right. And you see them fishing? Uh, you know... My daughter, my middle daughter, and my stepson want to come up and do salmon tendering. But great. Yeah, so I'll probably take them up this summer and do that. But other than that, you know, we have an office. We manage boats, and they could start off there. And if they want to come up here, I wouldn't hold them back. I mean, it's a great, great job. I mean, starting off, it's hard. I mean, it is a mind bender. For anybody who's never done it, a greenhorn, it'll be the hardest thing you've ever done. But if you can pursue through or persevere through it, it will be the greatest joy because our mind puts kind of a cage on what we can do. We always think, oh, we can't do this. It'll be too hard. My body can't be up for 18 hours straight working or 24. And once that, uh, that kind of wall gets broken down as a greenhorn as I can't do this and it turns into I can do it 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 changes people it makes them the hardest workers it makes them just more motivated in life I've had many greenhorns that came up and we broke them and they come up after I have quit I'll drop them off at the airport and they say thank you for showing them that they could be better people they could work harder that they can actually do more than they thought they could so even if you don't make it up here, it it helps you become a better person. Whether it's a guy or a girl, I mean, it it expands what you can do. It takes the limits off of what you think you can do, and it shows you that you can do more. You just reminded me of actually when I first started, and I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I had a 15-minute mind mentality mm -hmm. then. And what I mean by that was I, I felt like that was it. And I just said, give it 15 more minutes. Yeah. You know, and then next thing you know, it's 45 minutes later and you, you're ready to quit again. Yeah. 15 more minutes. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I haven't thought of that in years yep. until you just it's true. described it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is the hardest job you can do. And what's messed up is everybody thinks it's so hard physically. I would tell anybody and any new greenhorn we bring on board. I mean, I, I will interview many people for all of our boats every year. And I tell them, I say, hey, fishing is 80% mental. It's 20% physical because it's your mind that's holding you back. Once you realize that, you know what, this work isn't any harder. It's the limits I put on myself, what I can do. Once you get through that, you can make it and do really good. Well, earlier today, you were telling me, God, I hope this goes fast. I need to get off this damn dock. <laughs> yep. 
I do not want to be in town. Do not want to be in town. Mm-hmm. Put me back out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, being in town, it, it always sucks. I mean, crews has to work. The captain's got to be going over things, and it just feels like it's a waste of time. I mean, granted, we have to backload. We have to offload the crab or the cod, whatever you got going on. But being in town, it just feels like a waste of time. I want to be out on the ocean. I want to be in the Bering Sea. I want to be fishing. I want to be just having that adventure. I mean, like I told our crew and my crews my whole life, if I'm not having fun, if I'm not enjoying this, why in the earth would I be up here? Why would I come up here away from family, away from friends, to be in the Bering Sea with a bunch of guys or gals, if I got a gal on board, and just be miserable? So, I mean, I love it. I love being out on the ocean. I love fishing. I love hauling gear. I mean, it's an adrenaline rush all day long. And go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No. And so being at the dock to me is like, waiting and wasting my time where I could be fishing so I could hurry up and get home, work hard as we can when we're up here. I mean, bust our butts. But then when it's time to go home, yeah, we relax, we enjoy life. But being in towns like that stopgap of, yeah, it's nice being in town, being able to get more supplies and stuff. But it's also the longer I'm in town, the longer I'm away from my family. So that's why I don't like being in town. Be back out. You touched on it already. You enjoy it so much, but what are? Let's get an example of one of the finest days you've had out there. The, mm-hmm. the, one of your best days. Oh man, every day. Every day. Every dang day is beautiful. I mean, there's bad days and there's the best day. So, it's there's really no medium. I mean, it, it don't matter if you're on really good fishing or if you're on poor fishing. If you're cruising good spirits and you're in good spirits, it's. Every day is fun. I mean, we play. I thought your crew was having a disco dance earlier oh, today. They're dang. out there with this speaker that's lighting up, and they're dancing all over the place. Yep. This is probably after ten hours of offloading yep. crap. Yeah, no, we have fun, man. We enjoy being out here. Every one of our crew members are the hardest workers I've met, and we have the most fun. I mean, we're out there hauling gear. It's probably two degrees outside with wind chill. They're iced up. They got ice on their beards, on their faces, they're frozen, there's a pile of crab they gotta sort, and they're still dancing. They're hooting and hollering, they're playing pranks on each other. I mean, we're just having a good time. So, as long as you got good camaraderie with the crew, you know, every day's a good day. And the only time you have bad days is when the tension of that changes. If you got a bad apple in your crew, and it's causing drama, it's causing stress. It's, those are the bad days. I mean, it's not even the bad fishing. I mean, I, you're gonna have bad days. I mean, every day is not gonna be like, wow, we're on the mother load, this is awesome. I mean, you're gonna haul blank pots. This last trip, we hauled so many pots with not one crab in it, but we made it through that, got on the crab and had a really good trip. So, I mean, it's, the bad days are more the drama on a boat and so if you got a good crew and a a captain who enjoys it and enjoys having fun with the crew then I believe every day is a good day. You touched on it already as far as advice for for greenhorns on how to push through and persevere and and work themselves but um, can you touch on how you suggest they begin to get in the industry? 
I mean, you know, a lot of people aren't, don't have the connections or the friends or grew up around them. What would you say to a young Nebraska kid sitting there listening to this right now? You know, I would say we have a web page. Um, it's a sh- a sh- a sh- shelfordfisheries.com, I believe. And a lot of the companies have web pages. Uh, Facebook, uh, Boats of Dutch Harbor, I think Boats it's Dutch called. Harbor. Yeah, uh, kids post on that, looking for work. Uh, there's a couple other Facebook sites. Bristol Bay, um, what is it? Uh, Boats of Bristol Bay and yep. Alaska Jobs. Yep, yeah. yep. Those, I mean, we get people calling in every day. I mean, I interview people, and I let every new guy know or gal that it's not what you think. It's not gonna be pretty, it's not gonna be easy, and just know that the hardest day you've worked in your life won't touch how hard it is. And, but if you have the right mindset to get it done and work hard, I would say call. I mean, call our company, uh, look on Facebook, check those out. I mean, even if we don't need somebody, we have other companies calling us, asking us if we know of anybody to work. And you could always do it old school, fly to Dutch Harbor, walk the docks. I mean, one of my old best friends that I grew up with as a greenhorn, we both started at the same time. We picked them up on the dock and I came up three months later and we worked as greenhorns together and we had a blast I mean we every day was a competition between us but there's ways to do it um online I mean online's made it so much easier nowadays it makes everything easier yeah yeah it's not I mean we would have guys walk the dock probably four to five guys every day we were in town would come up trying to find a job well that's all well and good you could find a spot if a guy gets injured or somebody's got to go home but the odds aren't very good so it How often be, does that happen now? Not as much now. Right. No. Um, don't, don't fly to St. Paul and do it. No, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, you'll be up here for a while. Well, there's so. also nowhere to stay. Yeah. Really. I mean, no. No. And the hotel, I think it costs an arm and a leg up here, if I recall. I mean, I haven't stayed in it in forever, so. But, yeah, so, I mean, I would be checking online. Um, call around. Call any company you could find on it look on Facebook um, I see guys posting on Facebook all the time if I'm trying to find a green horner real quick I'll jump on my Facebook account and I'll look on the boat of Dutch Charbor and there was one other one it was something about jobs of Dutch Harbor or something and I'll, I'll text people back and forth try to set up an interview and meet them and yeah that would be my advice would you change anything Oh, heck no, man. Life is good. Life is so much fun. And I mean, it's been hard, right? I mean, when I was younger and my kids were young and I was up here, I mean, I fished full time then. I was up here for eight months, nine months a year. And I missed my kids. And when I was a young kid, I had so much animosity towards my father for never being home. I mean, the first birthday I spent with my dad was my 21st birthday in St. Paul. Oh wait, no, I lied on that. My 19th birthday uh, during Opie's. And I mean, so my dad was not always home. I mean, when he was home, we had so much fun. We, we would go out and do this and that. But so being away from my kids was always the hardest part about it. And, but now, but technology and stuff most of the boats have wi-fi sat phones you two can talk to everybody and it just 
it's it's a lot more easy nowadays than it was. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to add before you we have to go kick you off yeah. the dock? I could add a lot, but yeah, no, I, I do got to get going. So nothing, nothing you want to. Well, well <laughs> I, mean, hey. I, I thought you were trying to end it. No, no, I mean, uh, yeah, um, you, I mean, I got stories and stories and stories. I mean, I've grown up fishing. Oh. Let's hear your let's hear your favorite of your dad's stories. Oh, oh, I can't say that one. Why? Because it involves other boats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it would probably piss off a lot of people that would hear this. Um, okay. No, um, you know, my dad what it is an amazing man. He has always been a great fisherman, and he taught me work ethic. He taught me how to be a man when I was young. And now that I have fished, I have so much respect for my father. I mean, when I was young, I had that animosity towards him because he was gone. And nowadays, I have so much respect. I mean, I look up to him so much for what he sacrificed. I mean, I know as a guy that's up here missing my kids that it's not what you want to do. You, you got to do it to make money. And do you enjoy being up here? But it's harder on the person up here than the people at home because you, you don't have the family there. And so, I mean, one of my best memories of my dad is when I was out on deck and he's up there driving the boat and I'm throwing the hook and I was still green at that time and I'm just having a rough time and, and I'm missing and I'm getting all pissed off and my old man blaffered that string I go upstairs I'm talking to him and he just gave me some amazing advice he's just like son you're gonna have bad days it's gonna try are gonna have struggles and when you have those bad days it's when you keep going you don't give up because if you give up and walk away you're pretty much quitting and if you keep doing it and keep doing it, it will get better. I mean, we all have funks, right? I mean, whether it's out on deck, whether it's as a captain, you're having the worst trip, you can't find crab, you can't find cod. And if you let that get in your head and let it bring you down, it's just gonna get worse. And you have to keep fighting, you, you gotta keep going. And that is probably the best advice that he gave me when I was having a really crappy day out on deck and and the you got to keep fighting you got to keep doing it and i have that as my mentality i mean it don't matter if we have a bad trip there's always next trip right i mean so what everybody next has one's a, always going to be yeah, better everybody has a bad trip and it, it's you just got to keep fighting and you got to keep putting it on even if your haul a string of 50 pots in is blank i mean heck the starting a red crab last fall our first 108 pots had like 70 crab in it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh crap, man, we're in a, in a pickle. And I go, I spot check a pot, and I'm just like, ooh, that's some good sign. So I set out all our pots right in this area. I just corner them, just nice and tight. There's no boats around us. And, and we had a freaking amazing trip. And by the time we started hauling, every boat in the fleet was on top of our gear. But you just never know. I mean, it could be blanks, and then you're on them. You just can't let it get get you down. You got to think positive. You got to be got to be always looking to well better. Try to improve. Try to. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I'm kind of rambling now. No, no, it's wonderful. We better get you out of here, though, before somebody comes and starts uh, screaming at us. But yeah, Ray Ray's going to come. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, well, uh, Rick, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and uh, be in our first St. Paul interview. Woo! Yep, and, uh, and we'll have more coming on this St. Paul series, guys. Uh, I, I guess I have to mention uh, a thanks to Trident, or need to mention, yeah. a thanks to Trident for uh, for uh, helping me set up some of these interviews and allowing me to be here and talk to you guys while you're doing your day-to-day. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, thank you, Dom. So, um, all right, guys, uh, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. And if you have any uh, questions for uh, Captain Shelford, you can feel free to write in to uh, galleystories um, at gmail.com or, as he said, uh, shelfordfisheries.com. Yep. I'm sure that they'll uh, get it on to him. Uh, and we'll be happy to forward those on to him and get you answers. But, uh, all right, guys, until next time. Hey, thank you guys very much. It's been a privilege to chat. And if you guys have any questions or want to look for a job, yeah, give our, our, our company a call at Shelford Fisheries. Uh, we got long liners. We, we got crabbers. We got uh, salmon tenders. So we are always looking for people. Um, so give us a shout. Sounds great. All right, guys. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Galley Stories. We hope you like what the net brought in. Please leave us a review on iTunes, whether you like it or not. We're not fishing for compliments. Look us up on Facebook and Twitter, too, and reach out to us at galleystories at gmail.com.